Okay, so uh, as we get started, I just want to share a quick little testimony, uh, kind of like a little story and, um, and a sense that uh, we as an eldership team have. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, might have been a month ago by now, I don't know, we had a, on a Wednesday night, we had a community group at our house. It was probably at around 6.20, 6.30, people are starting to arrive. And I found myself rejoicing in this, that uh, I'm in my dining room, and you can hear downstairs underneath our kitchen in the basement, you hear the sounds of Paul Kulik, uh, and he's, he's down there. You're probably already wondering, what the heck is Paul Kulik doing in your basement? Uh, <laughs> Paul Kulik, the Kuliks are in Ohio this morning. Uh, and, and Paul is giving a drum lesson to my oldest son, uh, Peter. And then uh, in the floor above, you see people beginning to arrive and, and into the kitchen. And there's some people who are beginning to prepare some things with the food and their smiles. And there's some chatter and there's some laughter and enjoyment of one another. And I'm sitting in the dining room and I look out the window. And out the window, I can see in the median in front of us. And there's Sharon out there in the median. And there's Priscilla and, and uh, maybe a few of our neighbors or, or maybe Penny or somebody out there. And, and they're all looking at this. Uh, median project that we have as a community group to to beautify the median for the sake of the neighborhood and and like this project that started as a direct result of this community group being here and then more people are arriving and you've got Landon the Kulik's grandson and Minda's and you can hear him playing out there and feeling completely at home and there's like a pocket of people talking here and there's another pocket of people talking here and you hear this buzz going on and I'm like god this is the dream I this is wonderful it's a community. It's God's family on the earth, c truly connected, and love each other and want to be together. And you know, and everyone in there knows that we are about to share a meal together around a table, and it's always lovely and wonderful, and it culminates with sharing communion together. And every time, I don't know about you, but every single time we do that, I sense the presence of God. I'm, I, I, just as he says, do it in remembrance of him, and I remember his sacrifice for me, and I'm struck once again in community with all of you in this room as we, as we remember the body and the blood of Christ together, and, and that I'm forgiven, and I'm a child of God, and I'm saved and redeemed, and I'm one with you, and he's here in our midst. And then we go and we talk, and we discuss things, and we and we uh, pray together, and there's always this sense of his, of his presence, and that's so wonderful. It's, it's a dream come true, and I want to say this. I hope to be able to share more details as wisdom would allow us, but for right now, I just want to say that when we went to Chicago for the NCMI USA Equip, we being my family, uh, although more of you should be coming in the future. Mickey came. Yeah, Mickey was there with us. Don't forget Mickey. Come on, Mickey. Don't forget you. Uh, when we went there, uh, it, there were definitely, without a doubt, some prophetic confirmations that only God could have done these things that strongly, uh, to say the least, indicate that God is imminently moving us as a local church to multiply community groups. And in fact, to begin the process of a culture of multiplying. Because what I just described how many of you would agree? You all know what I'm talking about, and you all love that, right? I'm the only one with my hand up, but, you know, I, I trust by faith that you guys agree with me. We love that, but what God gives us is to be freely given. And, and an immature church keeps it for ourselves. 
if we want to see the full reason for it, we get freely give what we freely receive. What we have is to be multiplied so that others also can have it. So that they have it and then that they uh, multiply and seek to reach others so that they also can have it. It's the, what is it? It is, this is a definition for the church, working definition for what church is. It is the life of God manifest in community. That is what it is. That is what Jesus started. That's what drew the disciples to Jesus. The life of God himself manifest in community. That's what we have. If you think about church planting and multiplying, it sounds like a church program. We've got to multiply other churches and we've got to take the regions for Jesus. That, that doesn't inspire me. When I think about multiplying the life of God in the context of community so that other people can have that, that inspires. That's... That's not um, empire building. That is serving the world with the greatest gift. So a couple weeks ago, Anton Cater spoke on, if you haven't heard it, I would encourage you to go to the website, hear it, language of testimony, that God's calling his people to speak a language of testimony. You guys remember that? And the idea there is that that we need to be picking up on what God, regardless of how grandiose and wild it may seem, what God is willing, and we need to begin praying it, uh, even sometimes hoping against all hope, begin praying it, and then we shall see the testimony. And of course, take steps of obedience and faith in the process, but then we see a testimony, and then when we have a testimony of how we first saw the will of God, and now we saw it with our eyes, that we speak it, to encourage faith in other people. It's a language of testimony that God gives. Remember that message? I hope it was only two weeks ago, so you better remember it. So I believe what I'm talking about right now in the way of multiplying community group, for some of us that may seem like a stretch. What does that mean? Are, are we not going to be able to meet with the same people every week? No. It may, in order to reach people, you've got to sow. But, uh, for, but I believe that there's a testimony God's lining up for us. And it's not just multiplying a group. It's bre- beginning a culture of multiplying, a church culture of multiplying groups. In the culture that God released in creation in Genesis chapter 1 when he spoke over human beings, be fruitful and... And then when Jesus brought about the new creation, he said, make disciples of all nations multiplication is in our spiritual DNA. It's not something we do, it's who we are. And there's something wrong if we're not doing it. So let's, let's allow the Lord to shift our heart and our spirit to not just want what we get out of it, but to get something so that they can get it from us. Amen? So, today and next week we're going to be looking at the five W's and H of community group. The five W's and H of community group. Obviously, you guys know the five W's and H. No, it's the who, what, why, when, where, and how of community group. And today, we're going to start with the who, the what, and the why. You ready? So who is community group? What is community group? Why community group? So let's start with this who. Firstly, there are four elements to who community group. And the first is this, you. Can you say me? Me. You. I'm asking. Everybody. Uh, Many are already regularly prioritizing this in your schedule. 
But in order for a community group to have its effect in your life, you have to be involved and to participate. And it's not a um, duty and an obligation. It should be a privilege and a desire. It is, it is when you see God's purpose for community group, uh, I, I can guarantee you this, without this, we call it community group, but at the end of the day, it's community. Without that, your participation in that, you cannot see the full context of what God has for you in his church without participation in that. And the church doesn't receive from you the full context of what he's called you to bring without that. Full stop. Uh, if we had time, I could go for months in the New Testament to lay out how true that is. So you is the, is the first um, element to it. But the second element would be your church. And I've got good news for you. If you are to participate in community group, there are already people in this room and some who are not in this room who are absolutely committed and will be there. But you got to have others or else it's not community. So it's you and it's your church. And we could stop right there. And in fact, I have a warning in my spirit that we need to keep ourselves from stopping right there. This, what we have right now, you and your church, that's a holy huddle. <laughs> Ain't no world being reached as long as we just meet together and have great presence of God and enjoy the food and talk again about the Bible. <laughs> the third element is your sphere of influence. Your sphere of influence. I think uh, having lived in Africa, I think there's a concept that we as especially American Christians can have of mission is like out there in Africa or in, you know, Southeast Asia or the, you know, something like that. No, mission is wherever you are. Wherever you are, wherever there are people who are not presently following Jesus, that's, that's who he calls us to. And so here's the deal. All of us have people in our sphere of influence. What do I mean by that? I mean people that you regularly have a relationship with and a connection with. People who maybe they don't have a connection with Jesus. Maybe they don't have a trust in Jesus, but they do like you. And that like, liking of you, that trust that they have for you, is a bridge upon which Jesus in you can walk across and hopefully reach them to where they want to follow Jesus after having encountered who he is. That's your sphere of influence. It can be your coworkers, it can be your neighbors, it can be your friends, it can be your family, it can be your classmates. Whoever you connect with, that's a mission field. Don't take that the wrong way. I'm not talking about Bible bashing. Everybody know, right? I'm talking about loving people, and if you really love somebody, you're going to want to eventually share it's going to get out of you. If I love Jesus, it's going to spill out at some point if somebody really gets to know me. So it's your sphere of influence. That's the third thing. And then fourthly, even above and beyond that, is people in other communities. When we were, uh, when Minda and I were serving on the pastoral staff of a church in Georgia, you know what God was doing? He was preparing us for a people in Johannesburg, South Africa. So while we're busy doing what we feel called to do in Georgia, God has other people across the planet that he's preparing us for. And you know what happened there in Johannesburg, South Africa? As we were busy ministering to the Lord, doing what we felt called to do there and leading a church, and everything. you know what God was doing? He was preparing us for Detroit, Michigan so that we could come here. And you know what? That's not just Detroit, Michigan. That's Stephanie. That's Priscilla. That's Mickey. That's Joe and... Uh, thank you. 
sorry, forgot your name all of a sudden. That was, that's, that's awkward, because it's like 20 people. <laughs> Do you hear what I'm saying? For people, God is preparing us as a group for people who are not here and people who, who are actually beyond our, our own sphere of influence. So we need to reach our sphere of influence, but we also need to be dreaming of reaching people beyond that as a, as a tribe, as a group. So let me just wrap that up with this comment. For community groups to work, it needs, one, your participation. Now, this isn't a demand. This is just a, you've got to call it for what it is. It, it, it needs your participation. Two, it needs the participation of at least some from the church. Thirdly, it needs contact with our sphere of influence. And I'm going to get, hopefully, into more of the practicals of how you and I might be able to do that next week. But it needs contact. The community group, if it exists for the purpose that we're going to talk about in just a minute, it needs contact with your sphere of influence. And then fourthly, it needs some of us to pioneer and launch groups to reach other people above and beyond our sphere of influence. Not all of us, but some of us. And all of us should at least support in whatever we can and uh, whatever we, way we can and pray. So that's the who. What about what is community group? What is community group? Can I just say, as we answer that question and look at that, that it is impossible according to the simple look at the life of Jesus as recorded in the Gospels. When he came here in the flesh 2,000 years ago, it, it, it is, it was and is impossible to follow Jesus alone. Now, I've said this before, but, but think about this. If somebody saw Jesus, maybe they heard him preaching somewhere in Israel, and they see him doing miracles, and they think, this is the Messiah. I want to follow him. And there are about 70-some-odd other disciples who are also following him wherever he goes during these three and a half years. Would it have been possible to start following him, but not to be among the community that's also following him? Would it have physically been possible? So Jesus, even in doing this, setting a precedent, makes a, a, a stand here, makes, a, makes a, a point that in order to follow him, you have to be in community with the others also who are following him. Can we do another working definition for church? Church is a, a group of people who are from all sorts of different backgrounds. Because look at the disciples who are following Jesus. We've got fishermen, we've got prostitutes, we've got zealots, we've got Pharisees, we've got the whole kit and caboodle. And they probably would never have hung out with each other had, had that not, had not been for Jesus. So it, the church is a group of people from all different backgrounds called together with the common denominator of following Jesus together. If we, Border City Church, are to be the church we're called to be, it is that we are all being led by the exact same Jesus to do the exact same thing he was doing and what he called his disciples to do thereafter. Simple. So if that's the case, we get back to what is community group. Community group is the expression of church that facilitates what the disciples had in terms of community. So the disciples, as they were following Jesus, if you were to look at the life of Jesus and map out as some 
nerdy theologians have, maybe I might be included in that number, how many miles must he have walked? If you, if you track where he went here, then there, then there, then there, how many miles he would have walked during three and a half hours? Three and a half years, <laughs> not hours, years. The majority of the disciples' time as they followed Jesus was not in these large public gatherings where he preached and did his, his public ministry thing. Most of the time spent with Jesus would have been walking and talking with each other, getting to the destination, sharing meals en route and maybe when you arrive and all that. And most of what Jesus has to say that is recorded happens in those kind of social environments. And then you also have what we're having right now, which is more of the public, kind of organized, one-person speaking environment. Most of it was not. What is community group? It's facilitating that thing that made up the most of the disciples' experience following Jesus. That's what it is, in case, in case we're wondering. I hope by the end of this that we're seeing that this is not an optional extra. In fact, if anything... I don't want to dismiss or demean what we're doing right now because the preaching and teaching of the Word of God is so important and the public worship and all that. It's so important what we do on Sundays. But if I were to say what's more important, what is more church, it's probably community group. And I, and I, I say that simply because there's something in me that sees how far the pendulum has swung in Western church that I just kind of want to stick it to you. Not you, but to that thing that makes church a performance and a and a sit down and listen and monologue and all that. It's the life of God in the context of community. That's what church is. And so community group is the expression of church that facilitates that. I would also say this. Therefore, community group is an expression of church that facilitates richness of relationship. It expresses knowing and being known. Caring. And where all members can supply. Everybody has a part here. It's not only the leaders and those who are appointed and ordained to lead the church. It's everybody has a supply. And we need that. In fact, leaders are failing if those who are not in leaders are not rising up into their calling. In the context of what Jesus is building, which is his church. In the first church, the first ever local church, which sets a precedent for, certainly, for all church that is to come, and the first ever local church, again, the church in Jerusalem, was patterned simply after what Jesus had started. So just think about this. The first ever church, Jesus has died on a cross, resurrected, ascended up into heaven, and then he pours out the Holy Spirit on the church on the day of Pentecost. There were about 120 who were gathered together in the upper room. Many of you know the story. Holy Spirit comes upon them. And that day, Peter, the apostle, has the privilege of preaching the gospel for the first time. All sorts of people from every nation are outside this upper room. And it says 3,000 people received the Lord that day. So the church in an instant goes from 120 some odd people to 3,120. And... I imagine the apostles probably, if behind closed doors, if you could see what was really going on, they were probably like, what do we do? Jesus! And what they would have done is, well, what did Jesus do? What have we been doing? Whatever he was doing, let's just help them do that. And we have a description of what they did in Acts chapter 2, of what they gave themselves, what the culture was. 
We read this scripture a million times. This morning is a million and one. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, They steadfastly devoted themselves to four things. The apostles' doctrine, which means the preaching and teaching of the word of God, steadfastly devoted to that. That's awesome. On, my, on, this, on this rock I will build my church. It's the, it's the revelation of the word of God. Two is fellowship, which, by the way, that word, fellowship, is not simply Christians hanging out. Can I get an amen? It is koinonia, which means partnership. It is you and me sharing everything we have together so that we together can do the will of God and fulfill a commission. That's what fellowship is. And it includes getting to know each other in the context of purpose. So the apostles' doctrine, preaching, teaching the word of God, fellowship, breaking of bread. Isn't that amazing? And I often say when I get to this point, how glad I am. Kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I'm so glad a huge part, in fact, 25% of church life is breaking bread together. Eating food. It's my fave. Anyways, breaking bread. um, If you look at the modern Western church, it would seem that they gave themselves steadfastly to children's ministry, making sure we got the greeters and a website, and we've got the this and the that. These people were building something of earthy, human, God in us life together. Sharing meals, and then fourthly is prayer. And, and, uh, And I, yeah, so community group is where we facilitate all of these things. We're doing the apostles' doctrine, hopefully in so much as I'm preaching actual biblical truth this morning. We're doing that here, and hopefully we are steadfastly devoted to that. But you know what? I think listening to a message is not enough. We need to digest together and to discuss. So when we come together in community group, it is not to wax eloquent on our theological perspectives, on the message that was preached, and oh, what a good point Paul made. Let's discuss. No, it is to answer this question. What does this mean now to us? What is God saying about what that requires of me? Because we're being shaped and molded in the image of the Son of God, not sitting and listening to messages. Amen? So that's what community group does. And right now, as you know, we've got Wednesday, 6.30, dinner, our place here in Rosedale Park, till usually 8.30, dinner, communion, discussion, prayer. We want to see this multiply. So we're going to wrap that point up with this. Community group continues the community that Jesus started as we prioritize relationally being together to discuss his word, to share our lives, share meals, and to pray together. That's what community group is. But let's talk about why community group. And as I said before, we're going to get into the where and the when and the how next week. But let's talk about why community group. And, and if you, really to answer that question with regards to anything in the church, it all should be an, under the context of the commission that Jesus, the head of the church, gave to his church. So why do community group? If it's not to fulfill his commission, then at some level we've got to admit we are no longer doing it according to why he would want us to do community group. And what is the commission? Go therefore and make disciples of the people in your church. 
Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you even to the ends of the earth. There's so much we could say on that, but we're not going to say, but that is the commission, to make disciples of all nations. What is a disciple, then, begs the question. If that's why we do community group, really, then how are we making, what is a disciple? A disciple is this, you ready? Here comes more theological definitions for you. A follower of Jesus. Make followers of Jesus in all nations. What are we doing? Why do we gather together in community group? Because the result should be that you and I are following Jesus better. That I'm helping other people by being with them to follow Jesus better. And even those who are less mature than me, that are in that same room, are helping me to be a better follower of Jesus. I'm inspired by newfound faith at any level comments made, and it inspires me to follow with fervor my king. We all, and, and discipleship, this thing of like the one-on-one -on -one discipleship program, I don't know if you've been in church long enough to even know what I'm talking about, but we, you know, we got to make disciples, and so we get these like booklets made, and we have this like one-on-one -on -one sit down, and it's like the one person like telling the other person how to live. I don't know if that's really consistent with Jesus, but Jesus made disciples in the, in the context of community. And, uh, and today, there's only one head of the church. I may be a lead elder in this particular church, but I'm not Jesus to this church, right? So we, we are made disciples and make disciples together in community. And Jesus, who we may not see with our eyes, is the one doing it all, just like he was 2,000 years ago when he was here in the flesh. You following? So it's all about what, why community group? It's all about fulfilling this commission to make disciples— and uh, let me just discuss maybe a few ways um, that this particularly happens, I believe, in the plan of God with, with regards to how this uh, community group works. Uh, we're going to say mouth, model, and mission. Tyron Daniel, who leads the NCMI team, always has this alliterative sermon point thing. So I'm just going to be like Tyron, my leader. Mouth, and mouth is the best word I could come up with speaking, discussion. How do we make disciples in community group? How is that made? If we say that that's why we're doing community group, how is that working? How does that happen? Well, one is the discussion. And the reality is, as I just said, when we open our mouths and talk, when uh, Nita, this past Wednesday, asked Sharon, who tends to be quiet, and, and had her talk, she opened her mouth, and there were some inspirational nuggets that came out from her, the depth of her own life. And we saw a window into how Sharon's not just going out of these doors living a natural life. She is aware of God with her, God doing something in her. The exact same thing happened with Stephanie a few seconds later. I sat there, and with all due respect to some of the spiritual heavyweights in the room, I was more in, impacted by Stephanie and Sharon sharing just the raw reality of God working in their lives than anything else that night. You follow what I'm saying? That would have not happened had we not gathered together to talk about what God is saying to us as a church and how does it, how, how does it work out. 
in our lives. So, so one way discipleship happens is that we, is discussion. The strength in one person impacts you. I cannot tell you, I mean, it's like every single time. We are batting a thousand for me in my life in community group. Every single Wednesday, without fail, I leave more encouraged than when we started. Every time. And if not by, by the discussion, by the end of the discussion, I feel encouraged. I feel love. I feel hope. I feel strength. How does that happen? Talking. And there's something supernatural about koinonia, fellowship. Spirit to spirit. It's not just talking. It's the spirit of God in me reaching the spirit of God in you and vice versa. And there's something of God in us that does that. Second thing is, so you got mouth, you got model. Most things in the kingdom of God are caught, not taught. Something happens here on a Sunday, and it's good, it's powerful, Jesus did it too. Most of what, how we are discipled is by seeing other people live. How many of you know, I'm probably not gleaning a lot from how Bob lives by watching him sit there on a chair with a mask on. I need to be engaging Bob. I need to actually spend time with Bob. We need to be sharing a meal together. There's something of the, the hair, you know, you kind of let your hair down over a meal, and you kind of get to be known, actually, and it's in that that there's a modeling that happens. You see how family operates. How many of you know that bringing a, a family who maybe have all sorts of issues into the context that they were to come into our community group and, and see what church family is like. How many of you know that's probably going to spill over to impact that household? Not just from hearing stuff, from seeing. So it's modeling. So it's mouth, it's the discussion, it's modeling, but it's also mission. How do we make disciples? Your disciple, if, you're, if you being a disciple of Jesus does not lead you to being on mission, then you're not fully following Jesus. How can I say that so boldly? Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. If that's not a reality, then at some point, there's a limit to how much we're actually following Jesus. And we don't get to a point of becoming a fisher of men. We become a fisher of men the moment we start following Jesus. It is hand in hand with what Jesus does. He wants to mature you, and he wants to send you. And it's not one, then the other. It's both and all the time. Mature you and send you out. So mission... Uh, it's probably where we need to grow more. But let me just make this a couple points here. One is that Jesus, when he brought his disciples into following him, he brought them not just, he did not just have a little discipleship group and just teach them the ways of the kingdom. He did that on the Sermon on the Mount, but most of his discipleship was, hey guys, come with me as I reach the world. And while we're going to reach the world together, I'll teach you some things. Community groups should be the same way. We need a context of we are on a mission to reach others, and while we're doing it, we're doing this community thing. And so hopefully we want to uh, facilitate that. Um, community group, I believe, and community period is kind of like a net. If we're called to be fishers of men, it's like a net. And so let me just point something out that maybe we haven't thought about, but when Jesus told these particular disciples where he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, he was talking to actual fishermen. Peter, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. They, that's what they were doing. 
So for them, they, had a, they already had a picture of what that looked like. And for them, it did not look like what we see on the Detroit River in come, come spring and summer, where you got the, the guys with their tackle box and their single line. They had nets. You know what I'm saying? That's how they fished. They went out into a boat, into a lake, and they cast their nets out, and they would pull nets to catch. And Jesus is commissioning his church to be fishers of men. Community group is a net. It's a net to bring in the catch. People who, of souls, of people who aren't currently following Jesus. Maybe they once were and they're not now. Maybe they never have, whatever. They're not following Jesus. Community group is like a net. Community is like a net. What do I mean? How, let me, how do I say that? Uh, let me just give you some examples. I'm going to name some people in this room. Uh, we, when we first moved into Rosedale Park, we're coming to, on mission. We want to get to know our neighbors. We want to be able to uh, impact people for Jesus. How are we going to do that? We need to get to know them. So what do we do? We have a Christmas party. We throw a Christmas party for our whole block, all the people in the area that we know. I think about three people showed up. We were terribly uh, tempted to be discouraged, but you know who did show up? This lady over here, Priscilla, who lives right across the street. And at some point, without, it's not like when she came in, we're like, you know, trying to find out how to talk to her about our church or Jesus or something. Nothing. Just wanting to get to know each other. And she brings up the thing about, you may remember, about church. And now, as a result of that, Priscilla has been with us. Priscilla's gotten baptized. Two of Priscilla's boys have started to get involved. All, why? Because we had a party. Uh, Jackie and Jackie, who's not here with us this morning, our next-door neighbor, had a dinner. Her and Rodney. Again, not trying to cram something down their throat, not trying to talk to them. Hey, can you come to our church? No, nothing. Just wanting to love them, get to know them. But as a result of that, direct result of that dinner, Jackie comes to, to the church launch. As a result of that, Brenda, her mom, comes to the church. Brenda gets baptized. Brenda's now in community with us. TJ, who was here two Sundays ago, has started to connect in with it. You see what I'm saying? How did all that happen? We had a dinner. We invited them into our house and got to know them. Did you know that you can do that? You do not need to go to Bible school to have people over for dinner. You do not need to know uh, a, a chapter of the Bible memorized verbatim in order to have people over for dinner. You have to know and love Jesus in order for there to be something that might come through you. And to be honest with you, in both those circumstances, I don't know of any kind of ministry thing that came through us. We just simply got to know other human beings. There was a lady in South Africa. Her name was Deline. Uh, I had the privilege of, uh, we, we, she, she was our neighbor. And Minda and I, when we, when we first moved into this house, uh, we invited her and her husband, Edgar, to come have tea and biscuits with us. Now, if you're from Georgia, you, you, you think of Cracker Barrel. I'm not talking about those kind of biscuits. I'm talking about cookies, as the British Commonwealth calls it. And uh, we had them over for tea and, and cookies, we'll say. And um, so we, it, there was no, you know, we didn't, you know, tell them about repent for the kingdom of God is at hand or anything like that. We got to know them. But fast forward the clock, she got sick with cancer and she started coming to our church and then on her deathbed she invited me over and i would and she wanted me to lead her to jesus and i had the privilege of praying with this lady 
in her final days on earth, stop crying, uh, and I can remember when, when she sincerely was giving her heart to Jesus, and I can remember when I tried to end the prayer, she wouldn't stop, and she just continued saying, amen, amen, amen. And you could sense the presence of God in the room. Fast forward the clock within the next week, that family, because of what had happened, asked me to preside over the memorial service, and I had the privilege testifying to a whole group of people that had walked a journey of life with Feline about Jesus and who he is and what he did in her life. You know why that happened? I invited them over for tea and biscuits. That's it. You can do that. It's mission. Community is a net to catch people. And sure, the evangelists can do their thing and get on their whatever and have their mass crusades or whatever, but I want to say most of the world is called to be reached by ordinary followers of Jesus without any acumen or, tr- or, or formal training. They just know Jesus and have a heart for people. And the question I think this morning is, will we say, here am I, send me? Or do we want to continue to live for ourselves and ask Jesus to bless that? I'd rather do the former. So we've already talked about multiplication, but that's one thing of community group is it needs to multiply. Jesus, God said, be fruitful and multiply. And I'll just end this, this final point, the why. Community group, with this comment, community group is a vehicle for making disciples where we learn in real life, where we help others grow, and they help us grow, and where we reach the world together. Some of you are wondering, how can this community group that you speak of be connected to me reaching people in my life? How do the two work in tandem? How, do they, how does that partnership look? Come next week. We will discuss how. The where, when, and how. 